From there, we look at one or two things. And that's in Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. He says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. So who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and it shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. This morning, for the next few minutes, um, believing that God will help us to understand this particular passage from a rather different angle altogether. What I first saw here is that this man, Zerubbabel, was concerned about the work he had to do. God had led him to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, and he was struggling at a stage. He felt alone. He felt that he cannot do it in his power. Then, because God is a kind God, he sent word to him to encourage him. My prayer is that word will come to encourage you today. And you will not be alone. Because in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, Ecclesiastes, sorry, chapter 4, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and verses 9 and 10. Uh, Let me see if I can get that quickly. Right. Is it on the screen? Okay, if it's there, you're quicker than I am. Uh, That's technology for me here. All right. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. Where we are going is this particular sentence. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. I say one more time, you shall not be alone. Uh, if you want to title the message, as I said, we probably expect something along the line of grace, but the greatest grace God can give unto you is to make sure that you don't walk alone. Uh, that's why this, the title, if you want to title, you can say, None shall be lonely. None shall walk alone. It says, Woe unto him who is alone. And I believe that loneliness can be by choice or can be by chance. And we will look at a few things just to convince you that loneliness is real. I'll put up the first slide for you. Just go to the slide for me. Uh, It's quite important that I decided to show you slides for this. Normally, it's supposed to be preaching, but we'll try and do a little bit of teaching. The challenge, have you got the slides there, please? Fantastic. Look Look up at the slide. How often do you feel lonely? That was a study by the Evangelical Alliance UK. It's a fairly recent study. And uh, it checked out the causes of loneliness in society. If I've asked you before they put up those slides, you probably would have given me the fact that the group that would be most lonely would be the age 55 and above. You would have thought so. Surprise, surprise. And if you add the next group to it, that captures practically 95% of us in this room. So I believe something is wrong somewhere where we seem to have buried our head in the sand, that people have been struggling with loneliness 
And these have manifested in various other ways more than the thought that what we are struggling with is that we don't feel as if we can make it if we are going the way we are going. And adding those two together, that's what I said. Those that say often they feel only 12%, 18 to 34, in actual fact, have come across young people between the ages of 18 and 25, who says one of their greatest challenges is that they are lonely. In, and that, in actual fact, is the entry to some of the perversion and some of the wrong things that people do because they feel lonely. One more time, I believe God is calling us as a church that this is going to be a turning point in our own lives and in society, that this issue of loneliness shall be addressed. It's been a journey for me. It's been a journey. It's been a journey from when, you know, I discussed this at length with the leaders group and, you know, we, we just came to that conclusion that that's a major challenge in society. It's been a journey for me. We're talking to a few people. It's been a journey for me. Coming across material has been a few a journey for me. God speaking directly unto me that if we will allow him to step in, we will not only be beneficiaries of his blessing, we shall also be a blessing to our community. And I believe that's where the Lord is taking us as a group of people. Let me show you the next slide as well. Now, it does not stop in just being lonely. It says, have you ever felt depressed because you felt lonely? Again, not surprising anymore, 53% of those age 18 to 34, followed by 35 to 54 said they have felt depressed by being lonely. Sometimes when we're going through circumstances that we're going through in various workplaces, circumstances that we're going through in a world that is fractured that we're living in, many are actually feeling lowness of mood. I don't want to label this a depression because that becomes clinical. But most of the time, people feel so down and unable to cope, and that manifests in some other forms. I'm trusting God we shall find answer to that today. I say, I'm trusting God we shall find answer to that today. Because sometimes you yourself, in actual fact, people that you don't think are lonely are often the ones that are most lonely. You know, the commonest group of people that are lonely, apart from the age, these age groups that we're talking about, are people who are in leadership position. You know, the higher you go, you tend to have less friends. If not, God will make a way for people that are in the pinnacle of organizations, especially Christian organizations. It could be a lonely place. You can't walk to them to just have a chat with them. They are busy doing this busy. They have so many programs they are running. And it could be a lonely place. One of them testified one time. He said, he felt so down, so out. He said, he felt unappreciated. In actual fact, if it had been in a situation in which he has visited, they would have labeled it almost as subclinical depression. That he felt tired and unappreciated, and then God said that unto you. You heard that story before. That a child has to be brought from one end of time to go and present cake to you. Believe you me, it's a real thing. And it's about time we stop burying our heads in the sand. It's about time we start confronting it because God has given answers for us in the world. And we need to dig into the world and find those answers and get results in the name of Jesus Christ. Loneliness, what it is not. It's not solitude. It's not solitude. What is solitude? Solitude means just being on your own. And you actually can be on your own and not be lonely. And it's not isolation. That is, you can be removed from other people. You can be outside from other people. 
And you might not be lonely. And yet you can be the midst of a crowd and be lonely. In actual fact, statistics have shown that city dwellers are more lonely than village dwellers. Take a typical city. But then it's not a typical city. Take a typical city like New York. Take a typical city like London. Take a typical city like Lagos or any of those big cities of the world. You know, Lagos is about 8 million now. Mexico is about 25 million. And yet people are milling all around you. And somebody feels so, so alone in the world. So it's not that. It is actually a dejected feeling by the idea of being alone. Sadness because one has no company of friends. And that ought not to be in the body. That's my problem. That ought not to be in the body. And so why do people feel lonely? Past rejections. Because they don't, are not willing to try it again. Insecurity. I think when you are putting my slides up, some of my formatting went away, but we'll work with this one. Feeling unworthy to be accepted. Grief. Feeling like nobody understands how badly you hurt. So people don't close up. It ends everybody. The whole world is against me. They don't care. And it's real, brethren. In fact, the Christian faith is the greatest antidote to loneliness. And it's about time we start experiencing it. Self-centeredness. Somebody can be so wrapped up inside of oneself. We live in a bubble of pride. You know, some people, they can go to a place, the first, the only thought in their heart, not even just the first, is that they just continue to survey how they do things there. And they are marking scripts throughout. If people even come to church, they mark scripts from the beginning. They say, see, even is leading opening prayer. Didn't even start with the Bible verse. Just shake their head. And after the man have said, I said, why is he saying too many in Jesus' name? Ah, say, hallelujah, come on, just pray. You know, why do you need to say, shout hallelujah? And from beginning up to the very end, they were just marking script. And then the pastor comes and says, ah, slide on Sunday. Ah, this is not Wednesday. If I want that slide, I will have come on Wednesday. Or they are leading worship. So it's because some people, they, they are too inward. They are too inward. And, they, and that's why I said loneliness can be a choice. If we're at that point, it can be a choice. I pray we don't choose that in Jesus' name. All right? Quickly, what are the others? Sinful lifestyle. That through the experience as a minister, I've been, I know that very well. Sometimes when people pull away, it's not because anybody is doing anything wrong on today. It could be that they are actually struggling. And you don't need to. After all, we are quite aware that if not for the grace of God, none of us will stand. So we cannot afford to just hide away instead of seeking help. And this is about the biggest for me. Because it is all pervasive. The depersonalization of society. That's why I wrote a long story there. And you know for sure that you can go through a whole week without having any close contact with any human being. The days are gone. You go, in actual fact, they are making it more depersonalized. A few years back, you go to the grocery store that is in your corner. You know the man that sells the fish to you. You know the butcher that sells meat to you. You know the, the green grocer that gives you everything you need. That's not, and you chat before you get anything from them. Then come the great supermarket, and everything became very cheap. So you need to go to a counter, and you keep meeting the same different set of people every time you go. 
In actual fact, you have a choice of 11 people you can pay to. Before, it's only one man that you met yesterday that you paid to. The same man you met today. It's the same man you will meet tomorrow. Now you have about 12. And God helped them. One line is too slow like me. I said, this line is too slow. I put my trolley to the next one, and that is the time the line I left is just moving. And then just to make sure that you don't have contact with human beings anymore, what did they introduce? Self-checkout. Their minds are made of that. As long as you live on this earth, you won't touch people. But you will touch people. You will have contact with people. We don't have friends anymore. It's only Facebook. So many friends that you never smell, you never touched. Sincerely, they are not friends. You say friends on Facebook. I have 15 friends. Be deceiving yourself. There are ministers. In fact, it's a competition among ministers now. And you can help me with the competition. They say, how many people are following you on Twitter? And that's a sign of, that's a sign of prestige. Me, I have about 10 people following me. When, when, I mean, when I was talking to some of my colleagues, they're talking about millions following them. And I just hide my hair. Of course, I don't. And they just drop it by the way. They say, well, I see this pressure of these Twitters, you know. Just about 2 million people following me. Hallelujah. 2 million, they don't know you from Adam. You've never touched their lives. I'd rather sit down here and I have 10 people, 20 people talk to me in flesh. Then I have 2 million people that I don't know. Depersonalization of society. We can start doing something about it here. And I know great movements do not start from great places, start from small places like this place. And I believe this might be our direction. And it's in consonance. It's in agreement with the original vision the Lord gave us as a church. That he gave me in 1998. God has called us a local church to do what? To care for one another. And to care for the world that is hurting and insecure. And to prepare for the coming. It's still the same project. So when I was looking at it and the Lord said we can shrink our, 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 our mission statement into just a few words. We can shrink it into let none be lonely. We can shift, shrink it into none shall stand alone. None shall walk alone. We can come up with anything. But I believe that if that is always in our sight, how joyous this place will be. How settled we shall be by the power of the Lord. Depersonalization. Depersonalization. I don't know the last time you went to your neighbor to go and borrow the lawnmower. Summer is here. You know, we cut our grass over the weekend, or sorry, just over the weekend, just a few, just over the end of last week, and the, the blade has gone dumb now. You know, we've been using it for 15 years. Yes. And the thing is so dumb. I remember in those days, what would you just go to your neighbor? Can I borrow your lawnmower? Yes. You think that's out of place? Ah. He said, my lawnmower is broken down. Can I borrow your lawnmower? God help you go to a neighbor now. You knock. He say, hello. Hi, Chris. I say, yes. I've come to borrow your lawnmower. Are you, what exactly? Can I hear you? Where? <laughs> Where are you coming from? Gone were the days when you ran out of milk. And said, I needed milk. I said, you know, I just need, I'm not rushing out in the morning. I need some milk for my cereal. Hello, John. Can I just have a pint of milk? Just pour it to the cup for me. Say, come on, come on, come on. Come and take what you want. How has ever knocked on your neighbor's door to say, give me milk? You'll be the talk of the street. <laughs> it's about time that we bring flesh onto relationship. Is somebody listen to what I'm saying? And it's people like you that will change it. Let's stop complaining. Let's do something to change it. And I believe we are positioned to change it. The world is looking for those who will take the lead. Fountain of love, will you take the lead? 
We, we shall we make up our mind and I said, in our generation, not on my watch, shall somebody die in their house with everything there and nobody will discover for two weeks. No, no. It's not going to be my neighbor. If I've not seen you, I will knock on that door. Will you give me, will you give me ten times looks? I will knock again. And you will know one day that my heart is after you. You will know that I love you and you will turn unto him. Who loves me first? Somebody on the same page with me. We can make a difference. And I pray that difference will start from here in the name of Jesus. And some of the cliches and some of the words that we have used over time that have made us to lock ourselves up. It's like, I want my space. Have you heard of that before? He said, please respect my privacy. You know? I mentioned to you before. My very first few weeks in the UK, before you settle, like when you come from abroad, you know, still trying to settle down and do your exam, I did marketing work. Can you imagine me, marketing work? So I can't even market what I'm holding. And the, the job was fantastic. For, um, I think I was selling, which was good, it was related to my field, I was selling something for the Kidney Foundation. So you knock on doors, and then you will get them to sign up uh, for about a pound a month, very small amount. But for every pound, for everyone that signs up, I get 20p. Now, on a typical day, after I've worked for about five hours, I get two people signing up. That's quite some pay. <laughs> I decided to say, let me use my savings so I get myself sorted out. But what I found during those period, without all this research, is that people have got walls. Barriers are there. Some, even when I was distributing Christmas, cons, uh, Christmas paper recently, the, was it the last one or the last two ones? When did we do Christmas card? That we it should be the last two Christmas. And in my area, I was distributing those things. I put, I've forgotten the old trick that I learned when I was doing marketing. And I put my hand too far in when I was putting in a leaflet. A cat grabbed my hand. There are some, you, you must be joking. You know, a, a, cat, a kite bite is more dangerous than you think. The mouth is filled with filth and bacteria. And it could, in fact, I was, if not that I prayed, I said, Lord, I'm not going to go to the hospital for this one. I'm on your duty. Yes, I made a mistake. But <laughs> you can imagine just many doors with dogs. Many doors with that don't bring leaflet. It's all about just that barrier. One more time, those barriers will come down. Amen. Dealing with loneliness in the church. We've spoken about the outside, what about within? Some of the reasons why we stay lonely in the church is because we like to keep up appearances. You know what that means? Everything is okay. I'm just fine. You know, I can deal with it on my own. We keep up appearances. We believe it's an unspiritual thing to say that we are lonely or struggling. And I've just mentioned to you, of course, you paid attention when I said that, that those in leadership, they could be very lonely. They could be very, very lonely. And unless you are able to be true to yourself, I mean, I was on the phone to a friend of mine. We've been childhood friends. And let me give you a heads up about that. He's into real big development of how you can start business and, and I'm believing God it will be coming here sometime before the end of the year. 
And I discovered that I was speaking with my friends. This is my particular friend for about one and a half hours. And, you know, he's, he's very comfortable. You know, he probably doesn't load his card. He called me from Nigeria. He must be on contract. So he called me. And one and a half hours, we're still talking. And I remember I said, and very refreshing. And I look at what I say. Was I missing such a chat, actually? Could it be true that I have been wanting just ordinary church? It's a Christian, and we're not talking Christianese. We're just talking simple day-to-day things. We talk a bit of politics, talk a bit of his business, talk a bit of what I'm doing, and all the rest of that. And I found out that, man, you need more contact. That is not business contact. You know, for me, work, and I'm telling you now that we all, I'm first doing what is called self-disclosure to let you know that if you survey your own side very well, you will stop keeping appearances for nothing. That's what I'm telling you. For me, what you would call normal out of work, it is work for me. Because my work is primarily to cancel, to preach, to do that, and what you do as recreation or away from work, that is all I do. Okay, I do a lot of administration as well, but that's by the way. There are people that can do that. But the one that I'm responsible for, the one that I must deliver about, they are caught this. And so I discover that actually I'm lacking in good, really, of course I have a wonderful wife. We talk. I have all, but you know, I mentioned to a group before. Was it this group or this church? I mentioned that no human being can satisfy all your emotional needs. Have I mentioned that to you before? And so you wife that keep telling your husband, don't have a friend. And you men that are telling your wife, why are you calling Jane again? Why are you calling? You are doing yourself a disservice. Because there's no way you can meet all the emotional need of that person. It might be a different kind of chat that you need to give that person. And release your friend. You release your spouse to have good friends. Some of your cases have thought of, I've heard about, you know, some coming around and say, it's always on the phone to who and who. Look, if you are secure, talk to who. In fact, thank God for my wife's friend. I can mention some of them. They don't talk for a long time. When you calls, they just talk for hours. Thank God. At least I can then have my <laughs> then have my free time. <laughs> or it could be our younger siblings, they call, they chat for hours. Hallelujah. At least I can shut myself out now. And sometimes when I call my own friend Wally, I will speak, I speak, hallelujah, yes, I can do my work now. Have multiple relationships, multiple friends, because we all need it. And stop keeping up appearances. If something is lacking, admit it. Number two, pressing is in everyone's life. I make us to be too inward looking. Because all these things I'm talking about, the greatest obstacle I sense in my heart that I will face in delivering this particular message unto you is the me, me thing. I have my problem. You're asking me to knock on somebody's door. Mortgage will be due at the end of the month. I don't know how school school fees will be paid. Which knock on the door? The only door I want to knock is the one that will give me money. (laughs) It's the greatest obstacle we face. But if we stay selfish, one will never ever attain to what God wants one to be. Please, Let's move away from the selfish angle. Number three, expecting someone else to do this work of reaching out. Because many other times, others are hearing this thing I'm saying unto you about, you know, uh, you know um, loneliness, that I'm the one that is lonely. From now, you are, all of you are hearing pastor now. Make sure you contact me. That's not what I'm talking about. Because some are feeling justified already. Uh-huh, eventually, he's talking about it now. No. 
I'm talking about even you that you are feeling lonely, come out of your shell, smile to someone, touch someone, and you'll be touched back. Is that making sense to somebody? It's a job for everybody. It's not for one person. When Paul was in prison, who will ever know the man will write four letters that changed the whole of Christian's face? And believe you, prison in those days, they don't have television in the room. Prison in those days, they, except for occasionally, they have shackles on their feet most of the time. This man wrote four epistles. He wrote epistles to the Fishers, he wrote epistles to the Colossians, he wrote epistles to the Philippians, and he wrote Philemon. Philippians was particularly full of joy. Check those Bible verses on your own, you'll be surprised. He said, let my joy be full in you. How can a man in chains be full? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So it's not so much about, aha, eventually, talk about it. You know, I've been feeling lonely, deal with it. No, what I'm saying is that all of us, we need to step out. I'm feeling lonely, I need to still step out. Even if it's to stop keeping up appearances and say, what's going on? I need contact with people here. And I'm absolutely confident that when we do that, God will meet our needs. Need for openness. I'm talking about the church now. I'm not talking about the outside. I've done with the generality, the community, this battle, the church. Need for openness. We need to be open. There's nothing new under the heavens. This woman that didn't have any food, she didn't make any excuses. She just said, look, I'm a destitute woman. Say, prophet, forget it. I have not got no food. She was right there, up front, just as it is. Oh, you can give me a thousand and one reasons why you don't want to wash your destiny in public. I agree with you. But I can give you a thousand and one reason why you can, with wisdom, let people know that you are struggling. Can let people know. And as we do that, I'm sure the Lord will meet with us in Jesus' name. Ah, fantastic. That's my last slide, but that's not the end of the sermon. Hallelujah. Uh, Somebody say amen to that one. So, the next part is now the solution. How do we get this sorted? Number one, Oh, there are two. I'll give you both of them, and I will talk around them for the next few minutes, and then we will pray. I call it Jesus within and Jesus around. Number one is Jesus within. Number two is Jesus around. Jesus within means a solid relationship with Jesus. He is there 24-7 to relate with you. Amen. A solid relationship with Jesus. It starts from there. I've mentioned to you before, one of the most harrowing verses of the Bible for me, one of the most harrowing verses of the Bible, I'll I'll tell you again, I don't know whether it will do the same thing to you, was said by Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16. He says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. He said, may he not be charged against them. You know Paul, Paul the Apostle? You know him? So from the Bible. Uh. This man, the whole of Asia Minor, he was the apostle that practically won them to Jesus. You talk of churches, talk of mega churches, will have had mega churches. Talk of children in the Lord, scores of them. The Bible just mentioned about three, five of them. Probably, if I can remember, maybe clearly four now. My Timothy, Titus, can I remember, um, even was it um, Onesimus or Phinemon, either of them. Can I remember even the likes of the one that Baxley, the Demas. He had plenty of spiritual children, sound ones. And the man, I can remember John Mark, he was one of his. And this man said, when he went for the first part of his trial, 
He said, no one stood with him. So no matter what I tell you today, number one thing is that you must have verse 17 that I'm going to read come to pass in your life. What was the conclusion? No one stood with me, but, that's a but, hallelujah. What's the but? The Lord stood with me and, uh, you can't joke with that. Oh, you can't joke with that. No matter what I tell you, I will just be telling you human philosophy. Just be telling you what psychologists will tell you. But the real thing is that you must have a solid relationship with Jesus. When he said, when my father and mother forsake me, what did he say? The Lord took me on. You must. It's not an add-on to the message. It's the center of the message. In actual fact, when you have a solid relationship with him, he will point you to places where you will find respite. Point to places where you will find healing. And you will not need to even bother or complain anymore. Jesus within is number one. Number two is Jesus around. In Matthew 25, verses 34 to 40. Matthew 25, 38 rather to 40. Thank you. When did we see you a stranger? They were asking Jesus on the last day. And take you in or naked and clothe you. Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Surely I say to you, in as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you what did it to me. That's Jesus around. So even though I'm doing good to you or you are doing good to me, you are ministering to me. I'm prison. And you can say, ah, well, that's easy. Look, you don't need pre- it's not talking about a prison ministry here. Many people are in prison of their life circumstances. Visit them there. Many people are in prison. They've built for themselves. Even those that decided to be self-centered, still visit them there. It's that prison. And do you know the greatest prison are the ones without irons and bars? Because in that one, you are both the, 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 you are both the warder and the prisoner. How many people are in such prisons? The one with iron about you can blame somebody else. The one that you don't see it, you can't blame anybody. It makes it more compound. Say, so, ah, you keep saying, how did that get here? And there are people in that prison. The Lord said, visit them there. Break the barrier. Let them know that Jesus loves them. Tell them that you care for them. He said, when, not just in prison, when we were naked, some people, they are naked by their life circumstances. Maybe they fell. Maybe they, they did something that they should not have done. And don't you know that's greater nakedness than physical nakedness? Nakedness in our time is not a big deal. Summer will soon be here. We're not in Aberdeen. You know what I'm talking about? Even in winter. Half of jeans is torn from here to here. So nakedness is not greater. Nakedness in our time is nothing. The greatest nakedness is that when someone's shame is exposed and nobody covers it. And there are many people whose their shame have exposed. Even in the church. Rather than cover their shame, we broadcast their shame. Rather than say, oh, no, 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 nobody will hear about that. We just grab them by the hand and lead them carefully to the market center. And I said, in the market center, you tell us what? You then point to people. Can't you open your eyes and see? Can't you see it's naked? Let that not be named amongst us. If someone has been taking a fault, he said, those of you that are more spiritual, correct them in the spirit of love and meekness. 
Don't, don't expose people. I'm not trying to cover sin, but be careful. In actual fact, the more you trumpet other people's error, almost, con- almost settled, that very error, the person will fall into it. I've, 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 been on the, I've been on the block long enough. A man in America decided to, sh- to show another one that he was involved in, in you know, ministry funds or whatever, as bad as that was, and that he was not sure. The second child was not sure about it, uh, that maybe he was having a situation with some women, and he blew it. He didn't do a deal with it, the church went to the press. Everywhere, the whole world heard about it. Exactly one year anniversary of when he exposed the other guy, his own shame was bigger. And by that time, the mystery has grown so big that you cannot, it was deadly being broadcast in Australia. Even in Africa, I was hearing it regularly everywhere. Powerful worship leader. When he fell the first time, because he exposed the other one, I hope he connected it. Uh, the patch of Eric is recovered, uh, is restored. The man again, second time. Oh, no, 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 no. In fact, by the third time, everybody just scattered. Why, why did it become? Simply because you decided, don't. Another thing is that please don't expose the nakedness of your father or mother. I mentioned that to you before. The closer you get to anybody, the more of them you will see. There are some, and another one I'll drop for you. Don't ever use what I call the nuclear option. You know what I call the nuclear option? The nuclear option is that when both of you are probably, you know, either friend and friend or, or, or couples or, or, you know, spouses, and they are probably trying to get it resolved. And in the midst of it, one has then decided to say, ah, look, what you have done is not right now. And the other one felt embarrassed by what has been said by the other one. You know, he said, whatever, I don't want to use any example that anybody may not think I'm pointing at them. And just use an example of the other one. And the one that used example and said, look, help us solve this one. You are able not to look at this matter. He does this and does that. And he felt so embarrassed by that. And then you, you take a deep breath. You that you are feeling about, you take a deep breath. You then dig so deep. Something that does not connect at all. That should not have been known. Things that have, then you bring it up. Boaf, like that. Ah, ah. When I see it, I, 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 I reel back. I said, this is no clear option. He said, it's like, my mind is, I will finish you. And that's part of the things that we are called that when someone is naked, you visit them. Every man, every woman has the moment of nakedness. Cover it. Or yes, when your own time comes, there will be no cloth to cover it. He said, when I was sick, you ministered to me, you visited me in sickness. And there are many sicknesses going on in our lives. Emotional sicknesses. Uh, minister unto them. And as we do so, I'm confident the Lord will meet your own need as well in Jesus' name. All right, so what do we do practically? We will start from among ourselves. You don't leave the church until you are spoken to someone standing alone. Ah. And today, I will not be seeing anybody in front. I will be walking around. I will be seeing those that go straight for the door, unless you're on duty. We come to church for two main things. The third one is what I'm doing. Surprise, surprise. Two main things we come to church for. The third one is so in the order of priority, what you are looking forward to, that you are all sitting down listening to, is actually number three. Number one, we come to worship God. And in that worship, prayer will be included. Number two, we've come to fellowship with one another. And number three, you come to receive instruction. Some of you don't even come at all until destruction time. 
And it's very low down. Very low down. To, to be honest with you, that's why internet church will never work. Internet church will produce internet believers. And internet believers, you can close it and open it because it's like, like, like a web page. You close it, you open it. And the, thing, the day the, the, the computer crashes, their life crashes as well. Fellowship, brethren, I will give anything to be in church on Sunday. Anything. You don't know. Anything. Those moments when I'm away, oh, it's a pain. Not because I'm going to be minister. I wish God will release me to just be sitting down. You'll be preaching. I wish. The core of our coming to church is to have fellowship with one another and to have your burden lifted through sharing of the burden. Let's start that today. The Bible actually says somewhere in, Matthew, in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 to 3, it said, and it corroborated it in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. In Genesis 18, verse 1 to 3, it mentioned about how a man, actually those that they call angel in the Old Testament, they are just like human beings. And it said there was an angel that was standing by the door to um, Abraham's tent, and what did Abraham do? Then the Lord appeared to him by the terrible tree of Mamre, and he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him, and when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. Now, if you don't read that very well, you say standing by him, they were not standing by his side. What he said, they were standing in his vicinity. So the man left where he was. Uh, how old was he then? He had his child age 100. And this was exactly one year before he had the child, because this is where they released him. And they said, man, all your prayers, all your sacrifices, this is the thing. This is what broke it for you. This is what did it. So, and when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. And then continue. Then go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. They refer to this particular incident in Hebrews 13, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. This particular incident, he said, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. People that come across to you, and that's my point number two, from now on, greet strangers. I know you are in Aberdeen, yes. I know you are in Canada, yes. I know you are in Europe, yes. Even if you are all over the world now, the whole world practically has only one culture. There's the city culture and the rural culture. But most of the rural places, the culture there in Australia or UK is similar to the culture there in Ghana, similar to the culture there in Cameroon. Rural people, they still relate to one another reasonably. So, because in this city, that does not mean that you must let your life be conditioned by city condition. You are primarily a child of God. It's about time you walk on Union Street, smile to somebody. They will first think you are loopy before. Don't worry, they will get used to it. What's the strong that you are walking on the street just smiling at somebody? And as, you know, as I always try to do, I practice something before I come here. You should be surprised. I got almost 50% response. And that's huge. I just caught the eyes of this man. I just smile. Some of them just look like that. Another one winced. <laughs> and about three or four smiled back at me. And I proceeded. I said, how are you doing? And he said, cool, man. And we went on. I don't know when else I will meet him. Who knows? Who knows? It could be an angel. Oh, you don't think angels go around anymore? It could be an angel. 
And through that, do you know that was the last thing that if even that was when eventually that man got the children. He's been praying before, but if you read it further, his breakthrough eventually came there. Okay, very quickly, before I forget, uh, sorry, before um, our time runs out, the first thing is that we start that amongst ourselves. Number two, we reach out to the people around us, and reaching out will involve asking God to free you and heal you of any hurt. Many times we don't do it because we are hurting ourselves. Pray that you will be clothed with favor. Because in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, they were clothed with favor, and that favor worked terribly for them because the Bible said the people in the community, they loved them, and they hid or heeded the gospel that they were preaching. And then we mentioned that you should start saying hello to strangers and all the rest of that. And also, please pray that God will give you divine appointments and divine arrangements. Amen? Whatever you look for, you will get. If you look to connect to people, you will connect to people. You don't need to preach long, but if you know your life has been caused so that you can be a blessing unto them, you will be a blessing unto them. Maybe somebody around you is very lonely and they're probably not in a good place. I'm believing God. God will use you to touch their lives. God will use me to touch their lives and they shall come to know Jesus in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I'm almost tempted to say any question because it's the usual. But we won't do that today. Hallelujah. We will rise up and pray. Amen. Then we will... Trust God that we shall be a community. Those that were around on Wednesday, um, when, when, when I probably just share with you a little bit, please keep rising up. That's okay. That's okay. I've talked enough now. You two join me. I've been standing all, standing all day. Only one or two people are exempt from standing, you know, except those that are heavily pregnant or you know, any other person that are obviously needs to take some rest. Every other person, please, if you may, stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, on Wednesday, what did we talk about? Did anybody remember the topic on Wednesday? Don't worry, I don't remember sometimes myself. Community of Grace, good. Who, who said that? Community of, did you check it or you remembered it? Oh, good. I don't remember my sermon title too, so... It's not, the, it's not the title that matters. If you remember, that's good. It's a bonus. What I'm saying is that Wednesday, the Lord said we should talk about a community of grace. Sunday, the Lord is talking to us to do what? Talk about none shall be alone. All is tied together. Even though it's a month of grace, it's all about connecting with one another. I just want you to ask God that from now onward, you will be a blessing to someone. And people around you shall be blessings to you. Simple prayer. And then as the Lord leads, I will pray and round up. I'm not going to wind you up about that. Just pray as the Lord will lead you. But please make sure you pray. Pray that it's a great prayer. One of the greatest prayers you can pray. Lord, use me to pick somebody up from the low place. It's a great prayer. Don't forget to pray for yourself that your own needs will be met as well. That we shall be line crossers. We shall not allow life situation and circumstances to hold us back. Pray that God will deal with whatever may hold you back. Maybe you are naturally shy, like myself. But it is something that has to be done. 
even those that are not shy, it's not that they do it better. So there's no advantage to people that are not shy because you might still not connect. But let's pray that all of us, we do what God has sent the word to us today to do. None shall be lonely in our midst. As the Lord gives us help, none in our community shall be lonely. We will stretch out, we will reach out, we will touch them, and Christ shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I'd like us to pray that because of the help of the Lord, all that we need to be what God wants us to be, we will find from this community. From this community of believers, even if we don't have it, somebody here will know somebody that will be able to solve the issues that may be in our lives. Even if we have been a community of 10 people, that is possible. By the grace of God, we are pretty much more than 10 people. And I don't see the reason why you cannot be the answer to my question. Why I cannot be the answer to your question. So I want us to pray that from today forward, we shall be a community where needs will be met, where we will provide solutions and answers to each other's need in Christ Jesus and by his help. Pray that in your own way as well. I'm sure when we pray, God will hear us and he will answer us speedily. Raise up my brother, O God, so that he will be help to me. Raise me up, O God, so that I will be help to my brothers and sisters. Raise up for my sister that she will be help to me, O God. Make us a strong community. And help us to export that strong community to the larger community of our cities. Send help, O God. Build us up as strong people for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Before I close, I want us to do a practical demonstration of this in prayer. We're going to ask that anyone that is low in emotion, down in spirit, that the Lord will raise them up before they leave here today. You will not pray for yourself. You will pray because I know somebody is in one corner of this room. Somebody is in the, somewhere in the middle of this room. Somebody is possibly upstairs there. Somebody is somewhere here. Who God will answer that prayer on their behalf. So we we'll pray. Every head that is bowed low shall be lifted here today. Every heart that is aching shall receive relief today. 
Lift up your voices and let us pray. And declare boldly and confidently that in the name that's above all names, everyone in my midst, oh God, that is carrying a heavy burden, maybe a heavy burden of non-achievement, a heavy burden of pain in their physical body, a heavy burden of challenges with loved ones, family members, racked by one challenge or another. Lord, by your mercy, lift those bodies today. I pray for everyone here here, oh God, who has come in here with a body, lift bodies, my father. Please pray, my brothers and sisters. Please pray, friends. Let's call on the Lord on behalf of somebody. Pray passionately, energetically. No one and testimony shall follow that when we pray that prayer, I came in so done and out, but the Lord lifted me. The Lord lifted me. Send forth your power, my father. Lift your people out of the that they have found themselves and glorify your holy name. Thank you, dear Father and Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Hear us, O God. Make us a special people to yourself. A community of love. We are known we be lonely. We are known we stand alone. And use everybody, oh Lord. None of us is a victim. In you, we are all victors. We may go through a patch, but Lord, it's so that we can be stronger on the other end. Release your glory upon this, your children, my Father, and make us strong in you. Stand by us, oh God. Cause your glorious light to shine. I'm trusting and believing you, Father. Living here, there shall be radiance right across the faces of everyone that came in this morning into this early afternoon in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. Children that need touch, touch them, my Father. Fathers and mothers that need some visitation, visit them, oh God. Spouses that need a touch, touch them, Lord. Father, meet our needs and make us instruments of meeting others needs as well in the name of Jesus. We give you honor and glory, Lord. Thank you for hearing us. Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Hallelujah.